Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Southeast Division expert, Nima Zavadzadeh, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Hawks, Heat, Hornets, Magic, and Wizards. Nima, tell us a little bit about the Hawks. They, they, they dropped from the four seats to the five steps, losing to the Knicks a couple days ago, but still obviously um, on a tear after, after Nate Millen took over. What, what, what do you see happening with them? Yeah, I mean, they're the fifth seed, like you said. They're 33 and 27. Uh, and honestly, this Eastern Conference race is very, very tight. I mean, we're saying they're the fifth seed, uh, like they're not tied in the loss column for the fourth seed. Um, you know, they just, they're just half a game back in the, in the win column. Uh, they just haven't played as many games as the Knicks. So, you know, they might, they might end up being tied right there, but you know, there's, there's still about two games ahead in the loss column from the seven seed. I would say for the most part, they are pretty safe from falling into that play in position. But the problem is that they're still injured. I mean, they still are missing Capella. They're still missing Trey Young. They're still missing DeAndre Hunter. And they're missing Dunn and Reddish as well. But they're still winning despite these injuries. And Nate McMillan, you know, I've said this since he uh, got hired. They've they've done a great job under Nate McMillan. Uh, right now, 19-7 and seven under Nate McMillan. They were 14-20 and 20 under Lloyd Pierce. So uh, it was very obviously a great decision by the Hawks front office uh, to make that change. And the team has been working out even with injuries. They still have to play the Wizards twice and the 76ers twice this season. And those are two teams that, you know, every win matters. The 76ers slipping from the first seed to the two seed. And right now, if you're in the East, you do not want to be a two seed playing Milwaukee in the second round. And then the Wizards fighting for that last play in spot, which we'll talk about later. But, you know, that's going to be tough for them. And on top of that, they have an eight and 12 coming up horrible brutal brutal schedule uh one of a few teams that have to deal with that and to have to deal with that at the very end of your season while you're already extremely banged up uh it's not going to be easy for the Hawks but like I said I don't see them slipping into that seven or eight range the Heat and the Hornets who are in that seven and eight who I'm about to talk about I don't see them really becoming better than the Hawks maybe one of them can go up to the sixth spot but I don't think they can the Hawks can slip while that's also happening so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Hawks. They have, they have Milwaukee coming up next in the next five games. Uh, also have Philly twice in that span. You'd hope they get healthy quick. But, you know, I like this Hawks team a lot. I think that that four or five spot is perfect for them. That's about where I would have slotted them at the beginning of the season. Um, and I think a Hawks-Knicks first round is going to be a very fun matchup. Uh, that's a very offensive team versus a very defensive team. Uh, I think that would be a very fun matchup. And then, you know, you end up playing the the Nets in the second round, whoever wins. So that, you know, consolation prize. But I, I like Atlanta's, I, I like Atlanta's uh, chances of, of making the playoffs here. I don't think they slip into the play-in. Love that breakdown. Definitely would be a great first-round matchup with the, the Knicks-Hawks game that I, that I had gone to just this past week was electric, both in the garden, just, but in general, just the play on the court was just back and forth. Um, even after Trey got hurt, it was it was a really close game. And obviously, when it went to overtime, it was definitely would be a great series. And consolation because you have to play the Nets in the, in the second round, but definitely, <laughs> definitely great for both of those franchises to have that happen. But how about moving on to the, the Heat? Obviously, um, they're in a bit of a different spot from the Hawks, um, but what do you really see happening there? Yeah, I mean, the Heat are the seventh seed, and um, with the Heat, you know, making the finals last year and now slipping into what looks like they will be in the play-in, uh, five and five in their last ten, and just not really picking up the pace. Uh, and the, the problem is the injuries. I mean, they've been injured all season. They've been dealing with new starting lineups almost every other game. 
Uh, and, you know, they made that big trade. I say big like they gave up a lot, but they made that trade for Victor Oladipo at the trade deadline. And we still really haven't gone to see what, what you know, they're going to get out of him. He played a handful of games and wasn't really good in any of them until the game where he actually got injured. Uh, it looked like he finally was finding his footing in Miami and he ended up getting injured that game and hasn't been back. And so uh, they just got done with their own eight and 12. Uh, so, you know, lucky for Miami, the schedule is going to ease up a little bit. Uh, and their next four games is Chicago, San Antonio, Cleveland, and then Chicago up again. And Chicago's without Levine, uh, just slipped into the 11 seed, probably not going to make the play in. And so, you know, easy schedule kind of coming up for the Heat, but you, with the injuries, you never really know. And kind of with this team in general, like you just, you never really know what you're going to get out of out of them. Like they're extremely inconsistent in their role players, uh, which isn't really a bad thing. Like you, you have your Tyler Heroes and Duncan Robinsons who can go and light up a team any night, but it just sucks when those same guys can come out and give you, you no know, 0 for 7 from 3. Um, and so Miami just needs to click at the right time. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get healthy and get that to happen in the first round. But, you know, last we were talking about Hawks, Knicks, and what a first round that would be. Let's talk about Miami and Philly and what a first round that's going to be. Because, uh, you know, if, if the season ends today, it would be Heat versus Hornets in the first round of playing. And I don't see the Heat losing and uh, especially a game that matters that much to the Hornets. Um, and so we'd see Miami versus Philly in the first round. That would be an electric first round. Jimmy Butler up against his last team. Um, and so, you know, with the Heat, the, the goal is to get into that top six. Uh, they are one game behind in the loss column from the sixth seed, uh, two games behind of the Hawks for the fifth seed. If I'm them, I'm targeting that four or five slot because I do not want to be playing Philly or Milwaukee in the first round. I'm trying to get to the semifinals at the very minimum. Um, so you just got to win every game out and it, it's up to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo who are, you know, as healthy as they can be in this season right now, uh, especially after the eight and 12 they just dealt with. And so it's up to those two guys to kind of carry the team into, uh, in this, in this final stretch. Uh, there's only 11 games left in the season for them. And so you have to make up about two games in that stretch against the Hawks. So we'll see what happens with Miami, but, um, I, even if they make the play in, I see them making the playoffs. Love that. It's awesome thinking about just all of those kind of great matchups that could happen in the first round and the storylines that go along with them. Um, when it comes to the Hornets, though, the first thing I'm thinking about is obviously LaMelo Ball still being out and how much that negatively impacts them. Um, what, do, what do you really see happening there with that with, with that Hornet, with the Hornets team? Yeah, I mean, whenever Ball went down, I said, we got to figure out what the Hornets are going to plan on doing, because I believe at the time they're about a four or five seed. Uh, then they ended up continuing to win games. and But then Gordon Hayward went down. And so the, the question again came up to like, what are we doing? What's the, what's the goal for the season? And the goal apparently is let Miles Bridges dunk on everybody. And, uh, you know, um, they're, they're doing a great job of still kind of getting into their youth and still, still, still kind of trying to develop their young guys. Miles Bridges has done an amazing job. PJ Washington as well. And uh, Terry Rozier is making up for what looked like a bad contract last year. He's doing incredible things this year. Not a, not most improved player because Julius Randall, um, is just going to run away with that award. But Terry Rozier should definitely be in the consideration for, you know, a top three spot in that award. Uh, he's been having an incredible season. And right now they're the eight seed. They're, you know, half a game below 500, 29-30. They're four and six in their last 10 games. And uh, LaMelo Ball is still out. And he's going to be reevaluated this week. So uh, we'll see if he ends up coming back anytime soon. But I, if I'm the Hornets, like, 
you, you I, I say you want him back out there, but it, it's it's really uh, up to his discretion, really. And I think LaMelo Ball wants to play. I think if he comes back and plays, uh, the Hornets have a good chance of going on a little win streak again. Um, maybe nothing crazy, maybe nothing that can even get them into a, uh, a safe spot of the playoffs. But, you know, you could, you could probably rack up a couple of wins just by getting LaMelo Ball back out there. Uh, but coming up next, they have Boston twice and Milwaukee. All Both of those teams – need every single win I mean Boston is going to try their hardest to get into that four or five spot um and Milwaukee you know wants to get into that wants to kind of crack into that top two the Hornets like I said I don't see them winning the seven eight matchup can they be a nine or ten seed that's the question well the nine seed right now is the Indiana Pacers who I you know I think the Hornets have a chance against the Pacers do I think the Hornets have a chance against the Washington Wizards um, in a one-game matchup, I'm taking Russell Westbrook against almost any player in the league. Um, so I, I don't think the Hornets would want to see the Wizards in the play-in. I think they see the Pacers. They have a much better chance. You know, I don't think the goal at the beginning of the year for the Hornets was the playoffs. I think they're pleasantly surprised with where they are right now. I think everybody's pleasantly surprised with where they are right now. There's no way you can call this season in any form a failure if you're the Charlotte's Hornet, Charlotte Hornets front office, even if you don't make the play-in, if you somehow – you know, lose out the rest of the season and slip to the 11 spot. There's no way I can see them considering this season a failure. Um, you did amazing things whenever your team was healthy and you just happened to lose your two best players. Um, and that's the story for almost every team this season. Uh, we've seen an insane amount of injuries, especially the last couple of weeks. And so for the Hornets, you know, whatever happens, happens for them. And I think they, should, they need to be happy about it regardless because they – they succeeded this season in my eyes. Definitely so much to be proud of there and uh, definitely overachieved. And it was definitely, everyone looked at it as a huge risk taking them on the ball where they did, but it's obviously paying off for them and seeing so many different um, aspects of their, of, their, of their front office and their team. Um, how about the Wizards though? I mean, obviously they're a team on the opposite side of things. Maybe they don't, they kind of overcame the injury bug, the COVID, you know, the COVID protocol bug and they're surging right now. So talk to us a little bit about them and, and what you're seeing there. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the Hornets as a team that has uh, really overperformed, and the Wizards, for most of the season, were a team that, you know, extremely underperformed, and I've been pretty critical on them, uh, saying that they need to win, and well, look at them now, winning, finally. <laughs> I mean, like I, I said, it was, it was almost getting to the point where it was uh, too little too late, and it looks like it's, you know, it, it was literally almost too little too late. I mean, they, I don't think that they can get into that top six. They're five games behind of the top six in the loss column, but they, they are pretty firmly slot into a play in spot, which I think is, is decent for them because I can definitely see them winning two games in a row. Like I said, um, in a one game matchup against another team, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, I'm, ta I'm taking that, especially against teams that don't have superstars in one game matchups, you know, a superstar can take over a game in a full, in a seven game series you know, it's, it's almost always the best team prevails, but I, I like what the Wizards are doing right now. And they're nine and one, their last 10, seven straight wins. So, you know, you play the Pacers in the first round, uh, most likely, probably maybe the Hornets even. And I, I, I think they end up playing the Hornets in the first round. And I think they win that. And then you play the loser of Miami and Indiana. And so it's going to be pretty tough for the for the Wizards to make to make it into the playoffs. But I I think they have a good chance. Russell Westbrook is doing amazing amazing things right now. Bradley Beal is finally kind of coming around to realize, hey, we can make the playoffs. Uh, he kind of seemed down for the count, you know, midseason, kind of mailing in every 
couple games, but uh, now, you know, you're getting the Wizards at full strength. You're getting good production out of guys like Rui Hachimura. Uh, Daniel Gafford has been great since coming in. I, I think the Wizards have a very good chance. I'm very happy that they're finally getting to this position where it looks like they can be a play on, playoff team. I'm just glad they're clicking in general because they, they weren't doing it. I hope they continue to click throughout the playoffs. This is a very talented team. They're a very good team. Um, you know, they might be a little more top-heavy talent-wise, but uh, they have solid, you know, role players in Robin Lopez, Ishmith, who have been there, done that, you know. Ishmith having a pretty bad year, but that's just because they're playing three-guard rotations that don't make sense. Um, I think the problem with the Wizards whenever it comes to the playoffs is going to be the coaching. I think they're going to get outcoached in almost any series. But I think, again, whenever you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal on your team, you're going to get a win or two uh, just out of pure will. And so is it, can the Wizards be happy with their season? I say if you make the playoffs, you know, it didn't go as well as you wanted it to, but I don't think anybody saw them anything higher than a seven or eight seed in the first place. Uh, so you, you kind of did what you were expected to do. You just kind of underperformed. Um, so for them, the goal is just going to be in this offseason, retool, figure out what you can do. I don't think you can trade Russell Westbrook. Maybe you figure out what you want to do with Bradley Beal and just cr- try and sell high on him. Um, but try and get one last final, uh, one last play on, playoff push and playoff run. And I think that's what they're doing. Uh, they, have, they have 13 games left this season. Uh, so they have a little bit more games than everybody else does. Uh, about one or two more games. So they have, they, they're able to kind of make up the room, but again, that means you can add more losses than other teams can. Uh, and so it's just about keeping this momentum right now, seven game win streak. Like I said, uh, just got to keep the momentum, just got to keep it. And right now they have a, <laughs> their own eight and 12 coming up. So like, again, it's just, the schedule just sucks for these NBA teams at the end. They got Cleveland, San Antonio, a banged up Lakers team, and then Cleveland and Dallas after that again. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Wizards. The schedules, man, just suck this season. And that's why we're seeing so many guys get injured. That's why we're seeing so many guys get down. Luckily for the Wizards, they caught that bug at the beginning of the year. Um, Hopefully they're able to stay healthy for the rest of the season because I think they have a good chance of making the playoffs. Awesome breakdown there and definitely crazy to think about just their situation and, and how kind of they've just been on and off and now they're just it's a hard, you know, really on. Um, but then thinking about maybe the magic, we spoke about it off air a little bit, how they're kind of just the opposite of the of the Wizards and maybe where they are at this point of the season as opposed to where they were at the beginning, right? Kind of flip-flopping the way the Wizards have, but maybe not the way you want to go. Talk just a little bit about the magic and what you're seeing there. With with the way the lottery works, you really want to be in one of those top three teams because then you have a much higher, you have a 14% chance of getting one pick compared to a 12.5% chance, which is what Orlando has right now. Also, on top of that, if you're one through three, you have a chance of only slipping to seven if you're three compared to slipping to eight if you're at four. So right now, Orlando's at four. And, you know, unlike the Wizards, where every game matters and you need to get a win, uh, for Orlando, every game matters. And if, it, you know, you want to lose them if you want to get that top three pick, if, if you want if you want a good, ch- a better chance of getting that top three pick. Because this draft, the way it is, is it's top five, and then it's a big, big drop off after five. And even, you know, we're kind of seeing that there's a bit of a drop off between four and five now uh, with Kuminga, uh, even though, you know, I, I think Kuminga is a top three pick probably. But with, with, the, with the Magic 14th seed, 18 and 41, two games behind Detroit in the loss column, uh, one and nine in the last 10 games. And so I've said it for the last, since the trade deadline, um, they did that selling on their 
old young core and bringing in a new young core. Uh, and I think it, 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 it worked out perfectly. I mean, right now they have three picks in the draft. Uh, they're going to have their own pick, which is at right now slotted anywhere from one to eight, probably going to be four. They have Chicago's pick, which is top four protected, but it's currently projected at eight. And they have their, their own second rounder, which is an early uh, second round pick. And so that Chicago pick only has about a 20% chance of not converting to them. You're going to get two, two lottery picks, two top 10 picks, especially uh, for a team that isn't as bad as their record reflects. I mean, we got to remember Cole Anthony was out for a large amount of the season. Markel Fultz has been out all season and they were a top five team in the East when Markel Fultz was healthy at the beginning of the year. I mean, they were hitting on all cylinders. And so no Markel Fultz, no John Isaac at all this season after he tore his ACL in the bubble last year. And so Orlando's not as bad as we're seeing. They're 18 and 41 right now, but you know, if everybody was healthy, they're probably about 25 and 34. And so I, I really think that with Orlando getting healthy next season, adding a top five pick, maybe you get a Cade Cunningham. If you're lucky, you get the number one pick. And then you add a top, uh, another, another top 10 pick, someone, someone in the six to 10 range. Maybe you get a Franz Wagner, uh, maybe you get Scotty Barnes. Uh, there's a lot of talent still in that draft outside the top five. Uh, and even in that early second round, I mean, you get a, uh, another player in that early second round who can be an instant impact type of player. Uh, so Orlando, I really like the place that they're in. I love their youth. I'm a big fan of Markel Fultz, big fan of Jonathan Isaac. I think those are two very versatile players. Um, and so I, I like what the Magic are doing. I like the direction they're headed. I think the fact that they sold on their team uh, was the best decision that they could have made for the future of that franchise. Um, but for them, it's just waiting for the season to end and getting ready for lottery night. You got to hope the ping pong ball is bouncing the right way. And uh, it's, it's all it's all about what happens that night. It's all about what happens that night. That night is going to make or break that franchise as, as well as many other franchises, including uh, my own Rockets. And so lottery night is going to be a big one for Magic fans and a big one for the Magic franchise. Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. Today, we're joined by our Southwest Division expert, Curtis Johnson, here to break down the past week of NBA action for the Grizzlies, Mavericks, Spurs, Pelicans, and Rockets. Curtis, tell us about your Grizzlies. They just got Jaron Jackson back, and we've been texting about it nonstop because I know, I know you're excited about it. So tell us what you think what do you think is coming up for the, a team that's right there in the thick of things, um, the Western Conference playoff race. Yeah, man, this is like I think every Grizzly fan, I can speak for every Grizzly fan, so we've been waiting on him to come back like the entire season uh, since the bubble for him to come back and see how he would play with Ja, how he would fit with uh, Jonas. Uh, fortunately, Jonas, you know, he was in the concussion protocol. He actually came back into the, the game today against Portland, but Jaron is out uh, because, you know, the injury of uh, the meniscus, so they're sitting him out today. But, uh, man, Jaron, he, he made a good impression coming back. He's coming off the bench right now. Uh, his first game back against the Clippers, he had 15 points and eight rebounds. The game against the Blazers, he finished with 23 points and three rebounds. So they're getting a much-needed uh, boost in scoring, as you may say, with Jaron, a uh, guy who can knock down the three, uh, plays good, solid defense. You know, uh, they finished the week one and two. Uh, Monster road trip uh, has begun. It's almost over, you know. Uh, side relief, uh, the Grizzlies, they beat Portland. Uh, they're currently beating Portland today. Fingers crossed that they beat them uh, this game. And they'll play Denver on Monday, tomorrow. Jonas should be – well, he came back today, like I said. He uh, got out of concussion protocol, averaging 17 points and 13 rebounds on the year. 
Uh, ja finished with 33 points and 13 assists and no turnovers against the Portland Trailblazers in their only win uh, over this past week. If you guys have Tyus Jones, uh, you may want to, I would say, probably put him on the bench, maybe wave him. They're trying out, it looks like they're trying out a lot of new things. Uh, Justin Winslow right now is playing the point guard position. So, you know, somebody's going to have to fall out the rotation with everybody getting back from injury. That's something I've been discussing all year about when Jaron comes back, you know, who goes to the bench, who gets to play. And uh, right now it's St. Tyus is the odd man out, but you never know he could play uh, today or tomorrow. But, you know, right now it looks like you guys would, might want to get him out of your lineup. Uh, maybe put Justice Winslow, uh, slide him in. And, you know, the Grizzlies, they have a pretty good week coming up. They have Portland today, as I said, they're winning right now at halftime. They have Denver tomorrow. They play Portland again on Wednesday, the last time they played Portland this year uh, at home Wednesday. And they have the Orlando oh, they have the Orlando Magic on Friday. So a uh, good week coming up for them. Uh, another chance for them to move up the standings. Uh, if they get the uh, tiebreaker over Portland, because Portland currently sits in the seventh spot and the Grizzlies are in the eighth spot. If the Grizzlies beat these guys uh, today or on Wednesday, they're going to control the uh, lead. We'll have a, a game over them when it comes to the standings. If they end up tied in the standings, which could definitely affect the play-in game. So definitely some good stuff coming down the stretch, and we'll see how the Grizzlies finish out this week. Love that. And it's like obviously it's uplifting to hear about Jaren coming back, but also just how the team's been clicking now. So definitely these last few games went from being uh, really exciting to just, I would say, super exciting. It's going to be great to see how those play out for them. Um, but then how about the Mavericks, right? We keep on talking about these teams back to back because they're they're right there with each other in the thick of things. And their games against each other are obviously great. But what, what are you really seeing from the Mavericks that uh, is going to make or break on um, whether or not they stay in that top six? You know, uh, I think it goes back to last week. I believe uh, Luke and uh, Mark Cuban said, you know, they really didn't want to do the play-in game. They thought the NBA should not have done it this year. So it uh, looks like they're trying to get out of that spot so they don't have to play in the play-in game. But this team I talked about at the beginning of the season, who I thought should have been playing and what they were. And uh, I think right now uh, they're getting everything clicking at the right time, which is definitely a good time to start getting stuff clicking when the playoffs are about to start, uh, you know, in about a month and a half, two months. Uh, Luca continues to be a difference maker. They finished three and one on the week. In the last three out of four games, he scored at least uh, 30 points. He's averaging 29 on the year, eight rebounds, and nine assists on the season. Uh, some concern for Mavs fans, kind of been a concern all year. Uh, Pazinga's got hurt again. He had an ankle injury against the Lakers. He did not return. Uh, Rick Carlisle, he said in the press conference uh, before one of the games uh, against the Lakers again, they played him again. He said he did not think it was a significant injury but he did not play in the uh, next game against the Lakers. So that's something to keep an eye on because if th these guys want to make a playoff push, they're going to need Kristaps. Uh, and uh, Tim Hardaway continues to do good. Going to be a six-man of year candidate, averaging 16 points off the bench, shooting 38% from three. Jalen Brunson is another good guy uh, you may want to have on your fantasy team. He's averaging 13 points, four rebounds, four assists on the season. He had 20 points and five assists in a win against the Detroit Pistons. The Dallas Mavericks will continue to look up to move up the uh, standings. Uh, I would say, honestly, look out Lakers and uh, Denver with the loss of uh, Jamal Murray and they lost Will Barton uh, in the game this week. He said he heard a pop in his hamstring. That's not a good sign. Hopefully, you know, it's something minor. He can get back on the court sooner rather than later. But, uh, you know, two teams that uh, continue to fall down with, you know, Anthony Davis is back, but we don't know when LeBron's coming back. So, Something to keep an eye on, Dallas may even move up and move into the uh, five or four spot. And as I said, Luca, you know, I thought should have been 
MVP this year. The team hasn't played, you know, well, well enough for him to be in that conversation. But look for his name to be mentioned. I think he'll finish probably third or fourth. But I have uh, Denver's Joker winning it this year. Just something to keep an eye on. Awesome stuff with the Mavs, and it definitely super interesting to see if the Mavericks can. We kind of always talk about it, if they can slip and move down, but they also obviously have the ceiling to move up with some of the with the four and five season, how those are looking. Um, what about the the Rockets? I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy to go from from teams that are that good to the Rockets who have been pretty bad, but looks like they do have a, a couple of bright spots. And I'm curious to see what you think about that. Yeah, um, you know, Houston Rockets, like I said, you know, it's a rebuilding project. Uh, ever since James Harden left, they've basically been a rebuilding project. But one of their bright spots continue to be Kelly Olynyk. He is a free agent this year. You might say, well, he's playing good because he's going to be a free agent. But I would say that's not true because when, when he was in Miami, uh, you know, before the trade deadline, he was not playing good as he is now. Uh, you could say maybe a little pressure has been relieved. Uh, you know, Miami's a championship contender. What well, they want to be a championship contender like they were last year in the NBA Finals. But uh, Kelly Olynyk. And they're only win against this week against the Orlando Magic. He had 24 points and seven rebounds. I think he's a piece that they should bring back. Uh, Christian Wood, he picked up a double-double against the Magic. He had 25 points and 10 rebounds. He's averaging 21 points and nine and a half rebounds, basically 10 rebounds on the season. Uh, I think Kelly Lennon is a good piece to build around Christian Wood, where he's coming off the bench, helping stretch the floor for him or starting with him in the starting lineup. Uh, the Rockets' schedule, it doesn't get any easier this week. They're playing uh, the Timberwolves, who's Anthony Edwards and Carlin Towns have been playing amazing together, and D'Angelo Russell is back. They play the Milwaukee Bucks, who are still trying to move up in the seeding uh, with the Sixers and Brooklyn all fighting for the 3-2-1 and one spot. And then they play the Golden State Warriors, who are trying to get into the play and stay in and not let the Pelicans get in. So just something to look forward to for the Rockets fans this week. You know, just watch their games, you know, looking for pieces that maybe you can build around Christian Wood. So moving on from the Rockets to the Pelicans, I actually was there at the game when they played against the Knicks. Um, and Lonzo Ball helped off the corner three, and they ended up losing that game. Um, they were up three and gave up a three to go to an overtime. But obviously, they've, they've lost a couple of games recently. Um, looking a little shaky in terms of in terms of actually getting to that playing spot. What are you, what are you seeing from them? Yeah, it's not looking good for them. And it's, it's definitely not at the uh, right time of the season to uh, be losing close games. Their coach called them out on it when they lost in overtime against the Knicks when they basically uh, had the game won the full court against the Knicks. Uh, Lonzo cheated over on his man that was driving. I think it was Derrick Rose, and he kicked out the Reggie Bullock, who had a three to send it to overtime. And, you know, just, just you know, crazy, simple mistakes. I guess, you know, as a young team, and Stedman Gunny called them out for that game. And he also called them out in the Brooklyn Nets game when they blew another lead. You know, Zion, I told you, he continues to impress. Uh, he's he scoring a... Uh, 30 points just about every game. In the last three or four, he scored 30 points. He's averaging 27 on the year, seven rebounds, four assists. But, you know, my only concern, as I, I've stated many times, is does his, you know, he's going to get his numbers, but will he affect the team in winning? Or, you know, you could say, you know, the lack of them being young and just not knowing uh, how to win yet. Uh, I heard, I believe it was Shannon Sharp or Skip Bayless, you know, say, you know, that's why veterans don't like to play on young teams because they lose games that they should win. But, you know, they, they still have a chance to make the play, and it's definitely not over because, you know, all it takes for them to get on like a five, six-game win streak. And, uh, you know, they're in the thick of, they're already in the thick of things. They're right behind the San Antonio Spurs. I believe they play the Spurs one more time this year, so they're definitely going to want to get a win against them because that's the team that I believe if they drop out, it's going to be the Spurs. I don't think the Warriors are going to drop out of the play-in game at the uh, nine spot. So just something to look forward to. Uh, Pelicans fans still have a lot of hope for this season because they still can make the play in. And uh, we'll just see what happens. And uh, I definitely think the Pelicans are going to finish strong and uh, they'll believe in Coach Stan Van Gundy.
So you brought them up just now, but wrapping up with the Spurs, what are you really seeing there? Because obviously, like like you just said, um, they're probably the one team that's really in danger of falling out of that that, that ten spot. Out of the Warriors are are kind of are kind of right there with them. Like what, what what's happening there, and and what what do you think it'll take for the Pelicans to overtake them? Yeah, I think it's gonna take you know the Spurs, uh, you know, losing some games that they should win. I've said it all season that they have a team uh, that just plays hard. They don't have, I would say, a lot of talent. Uh, just play hard. And when you play hard, you're always going to give yourself a chance to win. You know, right now, uh, the Spurs are in the 10th spot. They dropped one game down. The Warriors actually take that back. The Spurs are still in the ninth spot. Uh, I believe they have like a half game lead on the Warriors. They finished the week three and one. They finished strong this week. Uh, they picked up a mushy to win against the Pelicans, who are also trying to climb up to leap over the Spurs or the Golden State Warriors. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, he continues to lead the team, as I say, every single week. Uh, I watched the game against the Pelicans. He had a clutch bucket to uh, basically seal the game away. He finished that game with 32 points, seven rebounds, and eight assists. On the season, season he's averaging 21 four and seven assists, which is a career high for him. Uh, again, his team makes a lot involved, and he's going to have to continue to do that to keep this team in the thick of things, trying to get into the play-in game. Derek White has also played one well in the last four games, averaging 22 points. Uh, you know, the Spurs, they're going to have to keep winning, uh, playing hard, and I know that's something they're going to do with the great coach that they have, an all-time great, great coach. You know, just look for the San Antonio Spurs to compete every single week. They have a tough schedule coming up against the Washington Wizards, who are red hot right now with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, who are trying to make the plan on the Eastern Conference. They have the Miami Heat Wednesday and Friday they have the ball steps who also hit stride. So, uh, you know, they have three tough games this week. Hopefully they can, you know, pull off two out of three to stay in the thick of things, but uh, could easily see them dropping one or two or going zero and three this week. Uh, just never know, especially uh, this time of year, everybody's playing for something and trying to uh, increase their standings and whatever conference they're in. So awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, next week's going to be a great week to up update you guys on who's moved up and who moves down.